Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romeverse. It's episode 101. Uh, this is following Roma's Friulian Fright Fest as we're going to title this episode after a 4-0 defeat at the hands of Udinese, a team that Roma usually handles pretty well. I can't believe it's only episode 101, Jim. I feel like we recorded episode 100 about a, a month ago against Juventus. It feels like so much has happened. It's only been a week, I guess, part of me being a teacher and getting back to work is part of it. Roma playing two matches, but man, it feels like so long ago. We only recorded a week ago. That Udinez match added like a solid 10 years to my age. Like I, it was hard to watch. I know we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, I tried to rewatch a little bit of it today and it was tough. It was a very tough match to watch. And that is probably part of the reason why it feels like it's been so long since episode 100. Yeah, for sure. Before we get too much into Udinese, just a quick reference of the Monza match last Tuesday because we didn't get to record after that one. And that was actually an impressive victory from Roma. 3-0, finally found their goal-scoring boots. Dybala had the brace. The first one was just that lovely run off of the Abraham flick-on header. And it looked like Roma was going to cruise into Udinese. Now, part of the problem in that match was they lost Max Kambula and Stefan El Shirari to injury that will keep both out for two to three weeks, I think, are the estimates on those guys. So... Roma got the positive with the Dybala goals, got the 3-0 win, and then now two of your key rotational pieces are on the shelf for probably until the international breakabout. Yeah, and that's a massive problem for Roma because the nice this is a Roma side that has way more depth than it has in recent memory. But it's still, you know, unfortunately, it's not a side like, you know, Chelsea or PSG where there's just like really a world-class player backing up every single part of the starting eleven. And especially with how congested the match fixtures are going to be um, this fall because of the stupid Winter World Cup, um, we're going to be, quite frankly, up a creek without a paddle if we keep on having these injuries happen because it's just match after match after match. Um, I will add that, you know, this, we got to start with that Monza match, I guess, and say that 
Kambola before he got injured, I was reasonably impressed. I, I think that he's sh- like every, it seems like every season since we've signed him, Kambola has been in a position where it's like, we paid a lot of money for you. So we should probably be playing you, but we have enough world-class. We have really good center backs ahead of you in the depth chart. So like, what do you do with this guy? And so there's often been rumors about him moving away to Torino, about him moving away to, you know, some mid-sized um, Serie A club. I hope that he's able to avoid the injury bug this season. Um, obviously one three week injury is not the end of the world for a player's hopes for a season, but I hope that he's able to avoid it simply because we need to be able to have four center backs and we need to be able to have as much depth as possible in defense, especially just knowing how a lot of the time with our offense, we have incredibly talented offensive players and two of them do have injury histories. So we need to make sure that if the offensive players aren't always able to play, that the defense can at least shore up the goals, which we very much did not see uh, against Udinese. They did not do a very good job of uh, keeping it tight in the defense. You want to, dive into that that shit show sorry to yeah the just the on the defense topic um before the match Mourinho referenced that there was a plan for rotation with the four center backs with Kambula being a key member of that rotation that rotation is down at the window when you're playing a three center back system and you only have three healthy center backs and Mourinho also admitted that there were plans to go after a fifth center back in the Mercato but the Winhaldum injury basically forced them to go out and sign Kamara who got a, a short substitute appearance at the end of this match. Um, so now Roma's being linked to Nicolo, uh, Nikola uh, Maximovic. I saw, I saw Dan yeah. Axel Zagadu did not convince them. There were a couple yeah. of names are linked with, they might look to bring in a kind of veteran presence on a free to shore up that back line, especially because now you're down Kumbula three weeks, say in the future, you're down smalling for that amount of time or, or Mancini or Ibanez. Yeah. Then it becomes a bigger issue. So I think Pinto is reevaluating that after, what happened probably between the injury and then the Udinese match. I think there's some rumblings that someone might come in. So we'll see, but like Jim mentioned, the Udinese match, just a defensive disaster. Let me put it this way. If you heard this XG without knowing the final scoreline, 1.2 for Udinese, 0.9 for Roma, you might think the final score say one, one, maybe yeah. Udinese nicked a two, one victory or a one, nothing victory. Cause Roma didn't finish their chances match finished four, nothing. Yeah. And that was an embarrassing match. Yeah, when you see a 1.2 XG and a 4 nothing final score, that indicates that there were probably mistakes made because the goal-scoring opportunities that Udinese created weren't high, uh, you know, likelihood of going in type chances. And, I mean, the first one, just a few minutes into the match, uh, officially five minutes, Udoje, the young uh, Italo-Nigerian player who Tottenham signed um, and left at Udinese alone, Great read on his part. So I won't take any credit away from him, but Carzo went to chest the ball back to Patricio. He sprung on it, scored the goal. I mean, what do you make of that? Let's put it this way. There was one player in that um, situation who looked like a 19-year-old and one player who looked like an established player for a Europa League-level club. And Karsdorp looked like the 19-year-old. That was just one of the more embarrassing things I've seen from Karsdorp in recent memory. Um, he's, nor- he's honestly, like, he... I've gained a lot of respect for Karsdorp over the last season. I Before that, I really did not think he would come good. And I think last season definitely shows that he has the ability to be consistently good for a side with Roma's aspirations. This was a match where everything just fell off for him. And Spinazzola, too, if we're being honest. Both Spinazzola and Karsdorp were horrendous throughout this match. And part of that probably does come down to the fact that 
There were, you know, lapses throughout the defense. None of the center, central defenders looked great either. And Rui Patricio had a mistake of his own that cost a goal. So I can't blame it all on Karsdorp and Spinazzola and particularly Karsdorp. But that one goal really, we, we've known from, you know, the get-go with Roma that if someone scores within the first five minutes, it's very hard for any club to change the uh, momentum of a match after that. And Roma right now does not have the ability to do that. And so Karsdorp giving up such a stupid mistake really, you know, doomed Roma for all intents and purposes for this match. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Roma's not really built to play from behind. We've seen that with this team. And when you get, especially when you give one up five minutes into the match before they can really find their footing, it's very difficult for Roma to to find a way back into a match. And then it was one nothing at halftime. You know, you still think there's plenty of time for Roma to score a goal, probably maybe two, and get the win. Uh, in a place that they, they've generally been fairly su- successful. I think they've only lost like one of their last 10 against Udinese, maybe a draw or two mixed in, but they've been, they've been. Even in the, even good. in the Toto Di Natale days, we were able to beat Udinese regularly. They were never one of those smaller sides that gave us headaches. Um, obviously, uh, you know, that didn't really happen this weekend, um, which I mean, I guess the annoying thing, we can say this is both an annoying thing and a good thing for Roma. Uh, with, if they hadn't lost so spectacularly, Roma could have been in a very good position going forward at the top of the table. Juventus dropped points. Um, Inter lost to Milan. Like there were top clubs losing points this weekend. And if Roma had been able to take what should have been an easy three points against a smaller side, they would have been at least joint first um, in, in the table. And so for them to lose in such an embarrassing fashion, I think that I read that this is one of the worst losses Mourinho's ever had um, during in his tenure. Um, of course, excusing the the Bodo the Bodo debacle, um, you know it's pretty pretty disappointing. Uh, but the bright side is that it didn't hurt as much as it could have if other teams dropped points this week too. Yeah, for sure. And you referenced uh, the Patricio mistake. That was the second goal. Before that, there was an incident where Roma was was giving some shouts for a penalty. Didn't even really go to VAR. Um, so you know. We, we've talked about referees before. We won't go in depth Yeah, there, I can't but... I can't complain too much about the referees today when you make so many individual mistakes. I will say that the refs weren't great. But yeah. at the same time, you doom yourself if you make these types of mistakes. Like, I can't I can't just – like, if, if it's a 1-1 match or, like, a 2-1 loss to, like, a big club, then I can say, yeah, the refs were doing some home cooking or something like that. I can't say that when we're playing Udinez. I can't say that when you lose 4-0. Like one penalty yeah. was not going to en- en- change the result of this game. And that's just the fact. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at, there was a graphic that IFTV put out uh, over the weekend of Mourinho's worst league defeats. And this was his third worst league defeat. He lost 5 nothing at Barcelona while coaching Real Madrid to Pep Guardiola. 4 nothing loss at che- uh, Antonio Conte's Chelsea, I believe. Um, and then a 4 nothing loss to Udinese with Andreas Sotil. At the not great. so not not, not great. great probably the not worst great. performance we've seen since the Bodo match like you said Roma hasn't had too many of these real clunkers I mean even the Juve match they blew last year they had three goals scored in that match and lost four or three it was just the way they kind of crumbled yeah. under pressure so the second goal again I'm not going to pick apart every goal but Samarchic shot from distance like short hop Patricio and I, I don't remember if it was on here if I was just talking to you guys in the group text and I said Basically, you know, one thing Patrice has done, he's cleaned up all the mistakes that yeah. Olsen and um, Lopez were making. And and this was a very uncharacteristic 
Patricio mistake that led to the second goal and, and really turned the match on its head. Yeah, and I can't give him too much crap just because, like, he's a far better goalkeeper than we've had in recent years. One, every goalkeeper has a clunker of a match every now and then. That's just a fact of life, whether you're Gigi Donnarumma or um, Chesney or whoever. Like, you're going to have bad matches as a goalkeeper because there's a lot of pressure on you all the time. However, that was not great. <laughs> um, yeah. And honestly, like, there's not really much more that, that can be said other than the fact that we expect a lot more out of Patricio for good reason. And I'm not about to like say that he shouldn't be playing or anything, but that this was not a very impressive match from him at all. Yeah. So match ended for nothing. Mourinho was asked about his explanation for the last night. So this is his, his quote from the post match. He said it was a tough match, just as we knew the opposition were going to make it tough for us in games like this. Generally speaking, you can't let yourself go behind early. They know how to defend tight and compactly and do a good job of running down the clock. They have smart physical players. If you go behind against them, that you're already in a lot of trouble, which we saw ended up playing out. And then he continued, we started well. We had that early chance for Dybala, who for me was the best player on the pitch, despite the final scoreline. After they scored, we were in their hands a bit. Every time they got on the ball, it was either a counterattack or a goal. We did not take advantage of the opportunities we had. When we hit the post, that could have changed the game. I forgot to reference that mention. He did have that post off the corner. Uh, just like it could have if we had gotten a penalty, although maybe there was an offside beforehand. But he did say, when you lose 4 nothing, though you can't talk about the officials, that's a rule of mine. I would rather lose one game 4 nothing than four games one nothing. that's for sure. We've lost three points, whereas if you lose another three games, you drop 12. It's a tough one to take for both us and the fans, but that is life. Tomorrow's another training session, and on Thursday we have another game, we move on. And I think that's the most important thing we have to take from it, right, is that at the end there where he goes, I'd rather lose one match 4 nothing than lose four one nothings in these types of matches, because then you're really digging a hole in the table. Yeah, and I totally agree with that mindset. I will just say that, you know, it can be concerning when you have this situation and you have a 4-0 loss. It becomes a question of, does this set a tone for the next matches going forward? Now, I don't really think, knock on wood, I don't really think that Ludogorets is going to be too much of a hassle for this team. Um, and I don't think anybody in our Europa League group is going to be that much of a hassle for this team. However, these types of losses can start off bad runs of form. I don't want that to happen. I don't think it'll happen. I think this club has a lot more winners in it than it normally do did, has in the past when this type of poor form might have picked up. However, you can't help but at least be a little concerned. Yeah, I mean, I expect Udinese to be a tough test. Uh, they've been playing pretty well under Sotil so far. They had uh, seven points in their first th uh, four matches before that. So I didn't think it would be easy. But yeah, I just hope it doesn't set the tone moving forward. And I think Ludogorets if Roma comes out and takes care of business, can kind of ride the ship. Not a you know powerhouse-type team. They're playing in the group stage. Of course, I think there'll be some turnover in that match because you are dealing with injuries. Uh, you might see Andre Belotti make his first Roma start. We, we, we saw on the website yesterday because Tammy Abraham did go down with what looked like a shoulder injury. From what I read, he didn't undergo any further tests, so it's probably something minor, but maybe he gets yeah. rested. But, you know, you have to come out and start the group stage with a win. So let's talk about the Europa League a little bit. We'll kind of preview the group as a whole and the tournament. So just pulling up the the betting odds from what, you know, the way the experts are breaking down Roma's group. Roma is favored to win the group at minus 150, followed by Real Betis. And then it's Ludogorets and uh, HJK Helsinki way farther behind. So it's expected Roma and Betis will advance. And Roma is expected to win the group based on what the bookies are saying. So... How are you feeling about this group when we got the draw 
the teams that are in there. I know I know we had that preseason match against Betis, right? That was last season when things got a little chippy. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. That'll be fun. Like, it'll just be fun to play that side again in the sense that it'll be chippy. And I wouldn't be surprised if we split points in at least one of those matches against Real Betis. However, Roma needs to be winning this group. Like, there, there's no other way about it. Like, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't let a side like Real Betis go ahead of you We've we've seen today before we filmed or recorded this just how terrible other Italian clubs have been doing in Europe. Uh, Roma is often the exception to that rule, whether that's been in Champions League play. We've gone further than most other Italian big Italian clubs would ever dream of going in Champions League. We've gotten to Europa League semifinals. We've won the ECL. Uh, there's an expectation with Roma that even if we don't necessarily win a Scudetto, that we're going to try to go deep in a competition, in a continental competition. And to be frank, if we don't get first in this group, I will be very worried about basically all of the long-term goals under Mourinho. Yeah. Roma, you know, especially after last season, the expectation has been set that not in the champions league against elite competition, Roma should, should handle its business. Right. I mean, Mourinho yeah. said that president last season, they had some troubles in the group, but ended up winning it in the end. And then, we, we know they they progressed through and and won the whole thing. Batiste is, you know, they're aside from La Liga, but they're not one of the big teams from La Liga. They, they have nine points through four matches so far. They did lose to Real Madrid on the weekend, too, once. They can they can hang around. The good thing for them, I think, is they don't play Batiste until October. So it'll yeah. be post-international break. They should have their guys rested uh, and return from injury, hopefully. And and that should make things a little bit easier on, on hopefully, you know, team selection, things like that. So it's Ludogorets away, and then it's Helsinki at home in the next two weeks. Roma has to have six points. Yeah, 100%. I think that you really, really, you need to get six points from this. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do not want to be on the pod. Like, I, I will note that it's pretty convenient that Brandon often misses out on the pod right after a massive loss. <laughs> if we have another massive loss against a team like Helsinki or something, I'm going to need to take a, a short hiatus from doing this podcast. Like it'll be embarrassing and we need to get points. It's as simple as that. Yeah, there's, there's no question. And I mean, even in terms of the competition as a whole, Roma is the third favorite right now at plus 1400 Arsenal's the favorite at plus 550 man United plus 700. Then it's Roma followed by Lazio Sociedad and then Betis. So Roma is getting a lot of respect. I'm sure part of that has to do with the conference league victory last season, the Mourinho effect, but they're getting, you know, they're getting love ahead of the teams from Spain, of course, Lazio, which we know we, we know they should always, right? And mm-hmm. um, ahead of PSV Eindhoven, ahead of Union Berlin and Monaco and Feyenoord, these teams that are from other t- leagues that generally do pretty well in Europe, especially Germany. Uh, those teams tend to do well. The Spanish teams tend to do well in these competitions. So Roma seems to be getting a little more, say, respect because of, I think, what happened in the, the Conference League last year. I think that's part of it. I think part of it is also just the the Jose Mourinho effect. I think that part of it is signing Paolo Dybala. We've developed, we've added, we're getting some rep, which is how this works. Um, if you're not a club like PSG who can just shovel a billion euros into your squad overnight, like what you got to do is start from the bottom, keep winning, win consistently. And that's how you impress free agents enough that they want to come to your club. That's how you impress star signings to want to come to your club. Like, let's be real. Do you think that like Erling Holland would have wanted to go to Manchester City if they didn't have Pep Guardiola and like didn't have um, 
a history of winning the Premier League? No. Like, he, he wants to go somewhere he can win. And so for Roma, it's, we don't have Manchester City's finances, but if we want to be able to attract good players, we got to win. And it, I think that the fact that we won ECL is giving us a lot more rep, both among players and among the bookies. And that, that's on, that only can be a good thing as long as we continue to deliver on that rep. Yeah. And of course, with the Europa League, the caveat is always those teams that drop down from the Champions League. You could get a big team that finishes third in their group and drops down, and that and that could be you know an obstacle in the way of Roma later down the road if they get that far. But you know, thinking about this tournament as a whole, what are your overall expectations of Roma when all said and done? I'm not going to jinx it by saying I, I expect us to win it. I'm not going to jinx it. However, we need to have a deep run. Like, I think that's as, as simple as it's going to be. I trust this side as currently constructed to be able to make a push for a Champions League spot in the league. However, it would be a whole lot better to at least have two avenues for a longer period of time to that Champions League football. Roma needs to get back to Champions League football next season. I don't think it's really an option to to not get it. I think that a lot of things might fall apart if Roma doesn't get Champions League football um, for that next season. So whether that's by winning the Europa League or by placing top four, or maybe by both. Uh, it just has to happen. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think that the we have to be looking to the final or bust, I think, for this competition. Yeah, and, and it depends how you get that draw later on. But I think it's got to be a semifinal minimum. I mean, obviously, the goal is to win it. That would be a nice way to get back into the Champions League. I think the real focus is probably finishing top four, right? And Roma's shown in the first five weeks that that, that race is wide open. Serie A is wide open. We've seen yep. Jimmy reference all the teams dropping points. So that should be a route. This could be another route. We know knockout football can be tricky sometimes. One bad break here or there could, could you know, make the whole thing fall apart. So Roma can't put all their eggs in the Europa League basket, but it's certainly an option. We saw what happened with the conference league last year and yeah. lifting the silver and what that does for the team's mentality and what it does overall for the, the club's appeal. Yeah. Um, of course, Mourinho has a big, big part to play in that, but you know, depending on who drops down from champions league, I think the odds are right. The biggest challenges are Arsenal and United. And if you can avoid them until say a semifinal, Roma has the, the squad and, and the management to go head to head with a, an Arsenal or a United Arsenal is very good They're You know, they, they just lost their first match United. I think they're in five matches. So though those two teams will be gunning for, you know, European places in the premier league, but it's not city. It's not Liverpool. You know, it's not real Madrid. So Roma should be, I think quarterfinals, semifinals. And and if you do don't get at least there and maybe you get a bad draw on the quarterfinals, say there's no reason why you can't get at least there in this tournament. Yeah. I think that that's very fair to say. I, I would agree that the two other clubs that I'd be worried about are Manchester United and Arsenal. Um, I also think that I'm not too worried about Manchester United, to be honest with you these days. Uh, I'd be more worried about how good Arsenal has been looking so far this season. Um, and of course all that could fall off, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I feel relatively confident that a semifinals appearance will at least happen for this club with the Europa League. Yeah. And of course, look, Roma could maybe gun for a little uh, revenge against United right after the catastrophic, catastrophic way they went out of the Europa League last time against United. <sighs> yeah. That was hey, on the bright side. That was Zalewski's first appearance. Yeah. No, yeah. Not a memorable one overall, other than hey, that, he, but, uh, he, he, he should have been credited for a goal. He should have been credited for a goal on that one. 
Yeah, and that and just speaking on that, that was a semifinal too two years ago under a yep. Fonseca with a struggling side. So it just shows that the Europa League can be wide open for Roma if they approach it with the right mentality. Just in general, though, I think cup tournaments can be wide open. Period. Um, I think that we see that a lot. Like, let's be honest, Roma, Roma's 2010 side was impressive at times, but let's not pretend like it was one of the top four clubs in Europe, and it still got to a Champions League semifinal. So I mean, let's just be honest. A cups a cup enables a side like Roma to get far closer to silverware than a um, league usually will. Um, yeah. But I, I think Roma is closer to winning the Europa League than they are to winning the Scudetto right now. Uh, I think that the Scudetto could happen in the near future, but I think that winning the Europa League would be sending a big signal that dreams of a Scudetto are not just like something that should be dismissed out of hand. Yeah, and for all the uh, the naysayers that are like, oh, it was only the Conference League, you know, all these other fans of Serie A teams that haven't won a European trophy in, you know, over a decade want to dismiss the Conference League. If Roma could win the, the Europa League, it carries a little more weight than the Conference League, and it's just another step in building something with Mourinho and, and building a winner, and you're, you're right, working their way to that Scudetto. I know there's a lot of Scudetto talk early on from pundits and outsiders, oh, Roma's a dark horse. I think we were all, you know, cautiously optimistic that Roma would show improvements this year, right, and get into the top four and then maybe make a push. Yeah. Udinese defeat puts a little – it kind of just takes a little of the heat off Roma, I think, because, you know, everybody's talking about him, puts more pressure on the team. Now Roma can go back to being kind of a outside-looking-in sleeper, let Milan carry the spotlight after winning the, the derby uh, della Madonina and let you know Napoli get all this love because they've been scoring some goals and all that and Roma can kind of just go about their business I think yeah I think that's fair to say uh, and yeah I would just generally say that I'm not too terrified of any club in Italy this season I, I think that it, as you were saying before it's pretty wide open for top four let alone the Scudetto Inter doesn't scare me too much Milan doesn't scare me too much Juventus doesn't scare me Napoli and Lazio, no. Um, like Napoli has some interesting pieces that they picked up, but I still don't think that you're able to. If if league play has taught me anything, it's that you don't you're not able to replace that many pieces and then make a push for anything special that first year. It takes time for a side to gel, and yeah. so I don't I don't believe in Napoli's ability to do anything major this year either. So I yeah. I think it's all it's it's open. It's open. There's and there are a lot of interesting mid-table teams that have a lot to offer and can peel points off of the top sides. So we'll really have to see what happens. Yeah. So Roma's got two weeks before we get to the international break, which will hopefully help the healing process with some of the players that we mentioned that are out. Um, Kambula and El Shirari probably out until the international break. I know Zaniolo is targeting that Atalanta match. When Haldem we know is out long term. So this is the calendar, Jim, up until the international break, which comes the week of September 19th. So two weeks away, mm-hmm. we have, we're away to Ludogorets, away to Empoli on next Monday, which mm-hmm. is Monday matches because I can't watch them live, but we'll have yeah. to catch up after. Mm-hmm. Uh, home for Helsinki in the Europa League next Thursday, and then home the following Sunday, the 18th, um, noon Eastern start. So we get to avoid the 245 that time. Uh, mm-hmm. to host Atalanta, which is a big match because Atalanta is first place right now, 13 points. So if you're thinking about the injuries we have, Tammy's a little knocked up, not officially injured right now, but the other injuries I mentioned, how do you think Marina needs to manage these four matches to get to the international break with as many points as possible, 
get some guys healed up for Inter on October 1st. Yeah, well, I think that the Ludogorets match, you'd probably need to do at least a decent amount of maintaining the first team. I, I think you need to show a win there. Uh, I, need, I think you need an emphatic one. And yeah, I think you need a win. Um, Ampoli and uh, HJK, uh, how, are we, how, are we, how do we spell that? H- Helsingen Jalkapalo Klubi. I guess that makes sense. It sounds like Helsinki Football Club uh in in that so i think those two matches can probably be heavy rotation uh that's my guess for how you do it you you play the main guys in the first europa league match to set the tone for the rest of the tournament the next two matches you try to rest as many people as possible and then for atlanta you you know bring back zanioli you bring back as many of the big guns as possible because that will be a big match i don't think atlanta has the juice to be a top four team this year, but there's still a side that you got to care about. You got to circle it on the calendar, just like a lot of the other big clubs there. And in my mind, they're essentially a big club these days. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of success, in terms of league success, they are one of the bigger clubs in Serie A. They're like where Sassuolo was in the 2010s. And I think they've got to be respected. Uh, so, yeah, I would say pull out all the stops, to try to get that win. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we will see a, a good number of starters on Thursday just because you have to have a kind of bounce back performance. I think Belotti could very likely get that start, give Tammy a, a little extra time. I, you know, he's a veteran. You brought him in for a reason. Uh, I think it's a little soon for Kamara to start, considering he'd be playing central midfield and kind of the tactical aspect of it. But I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe gets a start in the Empoli match or the Helsinki match. I think you're going to see some of these guys get rotated in. It's going to be hard for him to rest guys like Pellegrini and Dybala, though, because there's there's so so few options right now for him with Zaniolo out um, and El Shirari out. So that's going to be tough. One thing we did notice in the match on, uh, what was it, Sunday, is that Zalewski, when he came in, played more of an attacking role, and Spinazzola stayed in the match. So I think Zalewski, as an attacking option, could could maybe be something we even see from the start in one of these three matches coming up, either Ludogorets, Empoli, or Helsinki. That would be intriguing, yeah. I mean, I, I still think that given our depth up front most of the time, that it makes more sense for his development if you want to get him to get consistent minutes for him to be playing in that more left wing back role, which we all know is an attacking role anyway. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I want him on the pitch. So if if, if we want to put Spinny and, and Zalewski on the pitch together, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, I, I think it definitely presents an option, especially when El Shirari's out and Zaniolo's out. You got to have another option there. The bench was was very thin on uh, Sunday. I mean, it was Belotti yeah. came in, Shimordov even got a look, Selic, yeah. Kamara, and Zalewski were the guys that came in. Maybe Bove gets a look in the center midfield in one of these Europa League matches. Maybe I wouldn't not. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, maybe not Thursday, but maybe the following week. If they get a good start this week, they get yeah. some points, and maybe he gets a look, try to rest some Especially because they're saying that they don't really feel like Kamara's ready yet. So, like, if he's not 100% ready, then Bove's been training with the team from yeah. day one. So maybe he gets some minutes while they try to get Kamara up to speed. Yeah, certainly an option. Um, Empoli, a team that will probably be bottom half of the table this year, but you can't take them lightly. They do have four points in five matches, I believe. So, you know, they've gotten a, four draws in a row. They shut out Fiorentina. Uh, they drew Empoli away. They they drew Hellas at home and then drew Salernitana away. So they do know how to kind of nick points off teams. So that's something we're going to have to be cautious of. We'll, we'll record after that match. And then 
like you said, get everybody healthy for Atalanta. We'll obviously record before that, but that is the big one before the international break. Not that we want to look ahead or have the players looking ahead too much, but yeah, you want to pile up the the points both in the Europa League before you have to play Batiste, and what you kind of want these uh, six points in Serie A because after the break it's Inter. You know, right I mean, I don't know about break. you, man, but I want all the points. Period. So this is oh, that's yeah, not really. Always want it's all not the like, points, right? Yeah, like I, I want Roma to go undefeated to take this as an incentive to go undefeated for the rest of the season. But at the same time, yeah, of course, especially at this moment when you're when you're waiting for the big match, which I would say the biggest matches Roma will have both home and away this season will be against Juventus, Milan, and Inter. Those are the three clubs that I see as like realistic top four candidates, other than Roma. And so winning those matches, like being top four is not decided by winning those matches, but it can help set the tone for yeah. the other matches that do decide being in the top four. Because if you don't, if even you... the Atalanta match sets the tone a little bit, they've been off to such a good start. Roma beat them yeah. handily twice last season. They need to kind yeah. of really, you know, stick it to them and say, you know, we're done losing, dropping points to you because they've had such trouble with Atalanta before last season. Kind of, yeah. Happy, I mean, the, you know. the one match that I ever saw Roma play live at the Stadio Olimpico was against Atalanta. It was in Totti's final season and uh, it was a draw. So ever, ever since then, uh, the fact that the only time I got to see Totti live in the Stadio Olimpico was a draw against Atalanta, I want us to demolish them 4 0 every single time we play them. So, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm, and it's always nice because I also, I don't know, they've got a, they've got a grit to them that I'm not a huge fan of anyway. So I, 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 as much as I like Sassuolo, I don't like Atlanta in terms of like little club, littler clubs that, you know, are kind of on the up and up or, you know, are somewhere in between. They can sometimes compete for European slots. Like I'd much rather Sassuolo succeed than uh, Atalanta at this point. Yeah. And Atalanta, you know, Drew Milan, other than that, four wins. They have Cremonese at home this weekend. So probably, you know, never never can say for certain, but most likely another win. And then it's Roma. And they don't have European competition to wear them down like Roma and the other big teams do. So we'll see. We'll see what Roma's made of the next two weeks in terms of, you know, fighting through adversity in terms of injuries and, and depth issues. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see where we are heading into the international break. We'll We'll be back reporting next week. Probably on Tuesday again, since we have a Monday match, most likely, uh, after Empoli. So hopefully when we come back, Jim, we're talking about a win over Ludogorets on the road, a win over Empoli on the road, and and the ship kind of righted after uh, a very disappointing matchup in Udine. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't jinx it, because last time we were hoping for two wins, and we very much did not get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm optimistic. Despite the loss, I'm optimistic. Yeah, so anything else you want to add before we close, Jim? Um. Uh, Brandon better be back. Even if we lose five zero, uh, he, he needs to come back for next week because either I can't figure out if he, when he can actually do the podcast, it means Roma doesn't lose embarrassingly or he doesn't come in when they lose embarrassingly one way or the other, there's like a correlation there and we need to sever that permanently. So yeah, that's, if we have that's like what, another of those like about it. Bodo debacles up in the Nordic circle against Helsinki or uh, a way to Ludogorets that he's doing yeah. a solo pod. And he's exactly. Gonna it's just going to uh... be Brandon for like a solid two <laughs> weeks after that. Uh, Cause I will, I will be issuing, I will be taking my mental vacation from the club. If we lose the Helsinki six, one, that would just be too much. That would be too much. Yeah. That would be, that would be a lot to take after doing it to Bodo, at least Bodo in the champions league qualifying this year. So they're, they're, they're somewhat for real, but yeah uh we'll leave it there oh by Keep the up. way one one last thing 
sounds like we've signed Bobakin for January, which is kind of exciting. Oh yeah, speaking of Bobakin, yes, it seems he like was, he, he was quite coming. impressive. He yeah, was quite speak. impressive, and I gotta say, I'm he's 23, and if we view him as like a El Sharawi medium to long term replacement, you can't really complain about that. Yep, I was just gonna say that. That's to me smells of uh, El Sharawi long term replacing. Bring him in, kind of bleed him in slowly in the spring, and then he's he's one of your weapons off the bench next season and a rotation type player. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a good signing. So uh, we'll leave you guys with that. Keep up with the website for probables, the previews, the post-match coverage, um, you know, the, the match threads, and, of course, the Twitter where you guys can always weigh in and weigh in on the boards uh, about Roma's Udinese defeat if you want to uh, for this episode. But we thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.